acknowledge your greatness in this place. If there's no one like you, and we have come to present ourselves and to present our offerings to you as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. It is our spiritual worship. Be glorified and magnified in this house today in the name of Jesus. Now say this with me. Heavenly Father, your word says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask you in faith without wavering and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that I must be about my father's business. Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus' name, I pray expecting. Amen. Now say this with me. I am a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle of the spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. All right, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We want to acknowledge not only each and every one of you that are here, we also recognize that um, we have a Facebook Live audience. and We just want you to know um, that we are so excited that you are here with us today. We're going to do some things different um, today in our previous times. You haven't been a part of our giving opportunity, though we have given you a chance and have given you some specifics on how to give online. Um, today, we're in the midst of our, uh, what we call our First Fruit Sunday. It's the time that uh, we have designated as a church um, to give God over and above. It is the uh, practice of scripture and a principle that we have, um, therefore, um, uh, followed and modeled in our church to give over and above our tithes and offerings. Some, some churches say, well, you know, do, is tithing for today? Let me answer the question. Yes. And then is tithing enough? And let me answer that question. No. Okay. And um, so we do tithe as a congregation. We trust God in that regard. But then we also do over and above giving. And I'm going to talk my congregation through that today. And so I just want you to understand um, that when you see that, we do um, have not included you in that, but you will be included today because I'm going to also make an appeal to you to um, join us in this over and above giving. If this is a ministry that has been a blessing to you, we believe that we are doing a great work here and that we are a good ground for your ministry. And we're going to explain to you what that means and um, why you should have confidence in your seed being sown in this place. It helps us to get this gospel out to the uttermost parts of the planet. We believe that everyone needs to have at least one date with destiny and that if you come and experience what we have, you'll never be the same again. And so we want you to help us help others like yourself find the destiny path of God for their lives. Amen. 
All right. So this is, again, our Destined to Increase. It's our First Fruits Giving Sunday. And so um, that's the reason why we did this. My, my statement is always, when it comes to the giving moment with God, some people do it like it's an obligation, like I'm paying a bill. And um, I am somewhat obligated to it. I know that there's, that's controversial. Some people say that's not even true. I'm, I, I beg to differ. And um, I can show you from scripture that God grades how you honor him financially. Because there's something about what you do with your money that determines a lot about who you are. And if God is going to be God, he needs to be God over your pocketbook too. You don't, you know, you don't bring him your, all the rest of you and leave your money out. Because if you left your money out, you left, you left a big part of you out. I'm just saying. All right. And so um, we'll be talking about that. And so we wanted to do this one because this giving over and above is so key to um, your increase that I wanted to make sure that you went into the giving moment at the maximum faith level. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that's why we switched it up, right? It's not to try to necessarily get more money out of you, just so that we clear, okay? It's to make sure that you get more out of the money that you plan to give. Now, if in the middle of the word, God re interrupts your regularly scheduled program and gives you a different figure, then obey God, okay? If he does, I'm going to tell you to obey God, all right? But I'm going to ask you to listen to what God says because the Bible says you give as every man purposes in his heart. So in this one, because it's an over and above gift, you have to make your own decisions in your heart. And whatever you decide to give, don't do it grudgingly or of necessity. God grades how you give and the attitude is as important as the amount. Now, I don't have the right to tell you how much first fruit to give you. I don't have that right. I can suggest an amount if God has given me an amount. There's an amount I'm asking God for, just so you know what I'm asking him for. I had a prophetic word from one of the prophets in my house that if I made the appeal, he said that there was $25,000 in over and above giving. Now, no one person has that to give, so don't feel like I'm putting a bunch of pressure on you I'm putting pressure on the word, but I'm asking God, right? I had a friend that said, one of my employees once said, I need a raise. How much? I just need a raise. How much? I just need a raise. How much? I just need a raise. I gave him a quarter, told him to go back to work. You don't have an amount. I have just exceeded your expectations. So you got to know, you know, so I, I know what I want. Whatever thing you desire when you pray, that thing you ask for and believe you receive it. So I believe that faith, faith works with numbers. God doesn't care about numbers. He wrote a book called Numbers. All right? So faith gives substance to the thing that you're hoping for. I'm just telling you where my faith is. I'm putting it out there. That's one of the reasons why I reached out to Facebook, because I want them to know. Some, some of it may not all be in this room. Don't feel like I'm stuck a gun up in your face. I didn't. I just told you I can't ask you an amount. I'm asking God for an amount. But I'm responsible to reach out to the people 
that are partner because that's one of the ways that God brings the amount. But when we do what we can, I'm expecting God to do the piece that we cannot. Okay? I just want you to understand where my faith is so that you can get in agreement with me. All right. So we have objectives here. I have seven objectives. They're the four that we've been doing in these series, plus there are three that are related to the first fruits offering experience. Number one, to encourage you to pray, plan, and prepare for, tw for a 2018 in which you are destined to increase to be the best um, that God has for you. So I'm believing that God has increased for you this year and that as you pray, plan, and prepare, that you'll, you'll get the skills, the, the wisdom, the ability, um, the anointing, the grace to walk in that experience, and that this will be your best year. That's my statement. That's my statement, right? right? I'm going to go into the whole year, and I'm just believing for things for God to do some suddenlies. If he got to do something on December 31st at 1159 to make this the best year, I'm just believing, right? And, and as a preacher, I have to preach it. You can't believe if somebody won't preach it. So I have to have the audacity to look past your circumstances and still preach faith to you. You understand that? I don't want you to think I'm insensitive to whatever deal that you're dealing with. I just can't let your circumstances determine what I preach. Because he sent his word, and with that word was the power to turn around the circumstances. All right? Number two, to sensitize you to the necessity of spiritual sensitivity and prophetic patterns as the baseline for personal planning. And so one of the prophetic patterns that we're going to talk about today is the pattern of how first fruit offerings becomes a way for increase um, to be made available to God's people. All right? Number three, to reemphasize the purpose of prayer and planning, which is the ability to act on time with purpose in line with the will of God in such a way as to maximize your life and kingdom contribution along the destiny path. Now, I made the statement that I don't get the right to tell you how much that you should give in a first fruit offering. Now, just because I don't get the right doesn't mean God doesn't get the right to tell you. So if God told you to give x figure and you give x minus five as far as god is concerned you did not act on time with purpose now the x i don't get to tell you what that x is god does but if god has a figure called x and you do x minus five as far as god's concerned you are disobedient and if he told you x x today and you do X minus five today, and then you bring the next five next week, you still late. And there's seed, time, and then harvest. So the longer it takes for you to obey, the longer it takes for you to get the harvest that you should have got when you obeyed on time. All right? Number three. Well, that was number three. Number four to prepare us to properly respond to key opportunities to increase through internalizing prophetic impressions, connections, characteristics, empowerments, and outcomes related to your destiny. Now, I'm going to tell you, I was preparing this message, and this morning, God told me something that I hadn't planned on. I just, I told Nedra, I said, listen, listen, listen. You know, y'all think just because you're a pastor that you just want to do everything God say, let me tell you, that's not what it is. So he told me something this morning, and I just wasn't ready for it. Now, it wasn't the amount for me to give to the house. 
it's, it's what he wanted me to do with what came in the house. And I was like, Lord, I mean, you know, I already had my list of stuff. I wanted you to just co-sign the stuff I put on my list. And he said, no, nah, bro, that's not how that works. I, I tell you what happens with stuff that comes in here. You don't tell me. So I had to internalize that as an opportunity. Oh, you're trying to bless me. I'm just trying to manage. I'm like, Lord, here's my list of everything that's in the house, and here's all of the stuff we need to do. And, child, my list got lists. I started thinking about the sanctuary, and I want to do this and this and this, and then under that, I got this and this and this, and then under that, I got this and this and this. And then he said, no, 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 no. I tell you what to do with the money. Yes, sir. That wasn't on my list when I got up to pray and what I was going to preach today. I'm going to tell you that. And so just like I'm telling you that God may interrupt you, he, he reserves the right to interrupt me. I just don't get, you know, you might be able to say, I'm not sure I heard God. No, I heard him. You don't get in the chair that I get in and not know his voice. You don't do that. So I had to suck it up and say, no, 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 dad. Okay. All right, I feel you. That was not what I was planning on. I, you know, some, some, days, some days you study and look and you're like, I wish I didn't even know that. I, I'm just, <laughs> okay, your pastor just too real. You just want, you, want, you want a hype preacher that just tell you is everything, is everything. No, you go someplace else. I'm going to tell you how it really is because I want it to really work. So God reserves the right to tell you, okay, this is how much I want, and this is the day that I want it. And so I want you to internalize what it takes to do that, right? So four pro properly prepares to respond to these key opportunities by internalizing that. You know, he didn't, did I see an angel? I just had a prophetic impression, but I knew that didn't come from me because that was not on my list. I knew it wasn't the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So I knew that the devil wasn't telling me, okay, don't use all of this money in Destiny Generation that I want you to sow this towards somebody else. I'm like, Lord, I got all these needs in Destiny Generation. You see, you see that? That didn't come from the devil. God interrupted my scheduled program, and he reserves the right to do that, right? Prophetic impressions, connections, characteristics, empowerments, empowerments. There are empowerments that are available to us and outcomes related to your destiny. Number five, to prepare you to sow and receive from your first fruit offerings. Those two words are very important. I want you to sow today, but then going forth from today, knowing how to receive. Most pastors, most pastors, most preachers, they teach you how to sow, but they do not teach you how to reap. That's one of the differences of destiny. Most people get excited and get you all pumped up at the giving moment, and then on the other side, don't tell you what else to do. And then you going home thinking it's just supposed to flop out of heaven. And I don't have a scripture that says it just flops out of heaven. I don't. All right? So I want to teach you how to receive from what you give. All right? And I also, now I made a statement, Genesis 8:22, seed, time, harvest. Seed, what's the T word? Time and then seed. Okay, so don't do seed and then expect that there's no time before you harvest. Don't do that. Pastor David, where is it at? Man, it was just, you just did it today. It's not even tonight yet. So I got to tell people, 
how, how to not just sow. I don't want to get you all hyped on the sowing action and then not have you prepared that there's going to be some time that happens and there's some separate actions that have to happen for you to reap. All right? Then number six, demonstrate through both the precept, that's the scripture, and my personal example, the power of first fruits giving. I want you to know what the word says about it. And then I also want you to know I'm just not fronting telling y'all to do something. And then, man, let's just see how much they give. No. Uh-uh. I'm lead, I leave from the front. I put my money where my mouth is, baby. Yeah, your pastor, your pastor. No, 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 no. No, I got a lot on the line. If you really want to know the truth, my mentors are saying you're going to have to stop carrying as much as you're carrying because you're trying to carry the church on your back. That's what, that's what my that's what my fathers are telling me. He's telling, they're telling me, bro, you sacrificing, right? You're not only writing checks, you signing debt so that the church can move forward. And I ain't mad at nobody doing it. I'm not trying to tell you this to make you feel guilty. But if your pastor is the only one that is putting, making sacrifices for the church to move forward, the church will never move forward. Okay? Number one, the church won't move forward. And number two, if I'm the only one that's making the sacrifice, then I'm the one that's going to get the biggest harvest. I'm just saying, don't play or hate, right? I, I, I ain't mad at nobody. When I tell you whatever you got, give it, give it. But if you haven't sacrificed, don't be mad when my stuff start rolling. Don't be mad at me. I'm not mad at you. I know pastors that fuss at the crowd when the offerings ain't big enough. You have one day to say that I fussed at you about something. I don't do that. I need you believing God like I'm believing God. And fussing is not faith. You can write that one down. Because there are preachers that fuss. I don't do that. I don't got time for that. I need you believing God. I need us all together believing for the supernatural. And so I want to give you precept, and I want to demonstrate by my own lifestyle that this is not what I'm just telling you all to do. This is how I live in front of you. Number seven, to highlight principles of reaping and patience that empower you to maximize your life. That on the other side of this, I call that live like you have given. That there are some principles of reaping. People don't know how to see an opportunity because they think it's going to come forth like a full grown, like everything is just going to be like, bam. So I start to look for okay, this person called me and said, man, I got a tip for you. That might just be a reaping opportunity. You know, hey, somebody, I just thought you might need to know this, really. God might just be trying to bless me, so I'm going to slow down. Remember I told you blessings will run down and overtake you, but when I see them coming, I slow down. I, I, don't, I don't make it hard for them to catch me. Some people, some people the blessing got to tackle them. Jesus, Jesus got to come down with a neon sign, blessing, 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 big blinking red lights, blessing, blessing, sir, sirens, woo, 
and then they know it's a blessing. No, man, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be sensitive because you've already shown that, you know, blessings are coming at me, and I'm going to be sensitive that they're coming, they could be coming in any direction. So I'm looking everywhere. Is this it? Is that it? All right? Okay, so our core scripture today, I'm going to speed it up. Um, Genesis 1, 26 to 29 says, and this is, this, is, this is one for the series, so this is real, real key, um, and, and should, we can go through this section pretty fast. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, and the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. All right. So there's some points here. You know, you guys have our prophetic impressions documents. One of the things that we said in that document is that... Um, that there is grace on us to be a lighthouse within this region, that we are going to be from this place, there's a blessing that's going to come out and spread out across our city and then across our region. That's, that's the thing we're believing for, that we're going to let our light shine. We're also believing that God's going to raise this church up to be an embassy of his kingdom, a place where ambassadors gather and then exercise governmental dominion, that those things are things that I'm specifically believing for in this list, right? Then we talked about the fact that there is um, eight understandings about increased consciousness from Genesis chapter 1, right? Number one, we said that God is a God of purpose, right? Number two, we said God expresses purpose in pictures called vision, right? Three, God speaks out the picture of purpose and creates what he saw in the picture. So he said, let there be light, had a picture of light, and what he saw on the inside became what he saw on the outside. Number four, when God went through creation, he created based on pictures he saw within himself. But number five, when God created man, he himself was the picture right? So this is our review. That's why I'm going a little faster. Six, God intended for man to have dominion, radar, or leadership authority over the natural and spiritual environment of the planet. So we have to, when we come to situations like the water crisis, believe that we have some authority to do something about it. Standing up to our government and dealing with the people that did wrong and the governmental entities involved is our right. And it is our responsibility. Because let me tell you, if this was in some well-to-do neighborhood, there would be a lot of people that would be, uh, I'm just saying, they hoping that, that, that y'all, that you won't say nothing and that they'll be able to get away with it. I'm just saying, right? And I'm not mad at none of them. That's not true. I am a little angry. That's not true. I got to tell you the truth. Pastor David. Pastor David got to tell you the truth, but I'm a little angry, okay? Um, but I don't hate them. You can be angry and sin not. I don't hate them because hate is sin, all right? But it does bother me, okay? Number seven, God empowered man's function with the power of the blessing, the blessing. We talked about the blessing versus blessings. Number eight, 
And this is the one we're going to deal with a little bit more today. God's final original gift to man was the power, practice, and principle of seed. The power, practice, and principle of seed. Now, what is seed? Seed is the principle that a small thing has a picture of a big thing inside of it. Now, remember, when it came to God, God had pictures inside of himself that he spoke out. And what he spoke out became the picture that he saw. When it came to man, man had a picture. God himself was the picture. And so he made us to be in his image and his likeness. But when we sow seed, the seed has a picture of the harvest inside of itself. Okay, an apple seed has the picture of an apple tree with apples on the inside of it. And if you plant it and cultivate it, that seed will become the picture that's, that was already built inside of it. An apple seed does not have the picture of an orange inside of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. A grape seed does not have a picture of a grapefruit inside of it. The picture inside the seed determines the harvest. All right? So then we talked about the fact that God, um, that there, were, there was the law of process. When we talk about seed, time, and harvest, what we're talking about and I'm just reviewing, is this thing called the law of process, that there's process that goes with this. It doesn't happen from zero to zillions. People want lottery testimonies. You know, no skill, no diligence, no application of faith or principle or process, and then three, four, five. All right, I curse that number in Jesus' name. Somebody going to say, the pastor said it. I curse it. It won't come out in Jesus' name. Somebody going to say, I heard it on TV, and therefore I'm going to say it now, right? I'm just saying, okay. But people want lottery testimonies, and then they're hoping that everything just turns out just because without anything, right? No. Okay. So we said that you must first be fruitful. Fruit is positive, desirable results because fruit tastes good, right? We also said that to be fruitful in the future, I must identify a seed right now. Fruit is a harvest. A seed is sown, planted, some growth happens of a tree or vine, right? And on that comes fruit, all right? So that's the key thing that we want to make sure we understand. So if I want to be fruitful in the future, I have to be seedful right now. All right. Now let's go on to our second scripture for today, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. This is our first fruits giving Sunday. So, I, you know, I'm going to give you some scriptures about giving. All right. So we said, um, that says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Reading it out of the message Bible, it says, honor Jehovah with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. And your barns shall be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst with new wine. In the Amplified, it says, honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors. Your capital um, means 
your accumulated wealth, accumulated wealth. Oh, one of the reasons that you need a preacher that preaches the gospel concerning prosperity is because you need to believe that wherever you start, God wants you to accumulate wealth. That's the gospel to the poor. The gospel to the poor is that you ain't supposed to always live from handout to handout. I'm not mad at you if you need one. I'm just telling you that God's best is that you practice this process of giving and receiving and get to the point where you can do the handing out, not always need a hand out. I'm not mad at you if you need one. I'm not mad at you if you, if you have an illness and you need some doctors and some medicine. But God is the, God's best for you is to, to get healed, healthy, and whole. Does that make sense? All right. So he wants you to have capital insufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of your income. So your storage places be filled with plenty. Oh, not only must I should I have capital resources, I should have some places where I store them. Places, more than one. More than one institution. I'm just saying, that's what your Bible says. You should have some places where you store wealth. That's the will of God. It is not the will of God. Listen, I'm going to say it because people don't think preachers are saying it. It's not the will of God for you to give all your money to the church. Your pastor never asked you to give all your money to the church. Because listen, if you gave it all to me and you need it all back, I can't give it all back because it didn't got spent by the time. I'm just saying, don't be mad at me. I'm mad at you. We doing ministry. And I'm saying we, we won't try to do something to help you. But listen, we can't do it all. That's why we, we're telling you to honor the Lord. Don't honor, don't just honor destiny generation. Honor God. Because he's the one that's got to, see, he's the one that puts the picture inside the seed. So the picture he put inside this seed is my barns being full with plenty. My presses breaking out with new wine. That's talking about an investment opportunity. So I'm supposed to have sitting resource and wisdom to make sound investments that appreciate in value. You're not supposed to go from one idea that goes broke to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. You're not supposed, your life is not supposed to be spent on failed, failed get-rich-quick schemes. The fact that you are a tither and a first fruits giver means that God's supposed to show you how to do something, and you're supposed to be able to, over time, not instant, because it's seed, time, and harvest, but over time, you, 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 you should not be where you used to be. You should be able to make progress financially. You should be in faith for that. 
if you if you tithe and don't believe for that, it won't work because all the promises of God are received by faith. You got to believe that it'll work for you. Don't say, now that works for Pastor David because he got this degree and stuff. Child, please, there's a lot of broke folks with degrees. There's a lot of people that went to college and got sheepskin and can't hold it together. You have to believe that God will do that for me. Oh, I'm on a fixed income. I'm trying to get you to unfix it. I'm trying to get you to unfix it. That's what, that's what we're talking about. I'm trying to get you to understand how God works with you. All right? So every seed has a specific picture on the inside of it. This seed of first fruit offering has a picture on the inside of it. So there's a key statement. Substance sits and increase flows. Honor God with the substance. That means you should get some money and it should just sit. Now, some people get money and they, it burns a hole in their pocket. They can't let it sit. Then they blame God. It's not God. The devil doesn't go, isn't with you in the store with a gun to your head saying, spend the money right now, I'm going to kill you. Substance sits. You're supposed to get some money and have the discipline not to touch it. You're supposed to live on less than what you make. I didn't cuss at you. Y'all looking at me like I cussed at you. I didn't even tell you to give it to the church. I'm just saying I'm tired of people who, who mismanage what God has given them asking me to give from what I have managed well. I'm mad at you. I didn't say I can't help you. Now, I understand. Listen, listen. Don't hear what I didn't say. I understand that problems can overwhelm the best of your management. So don't hear what I didn't say. What I'm telling you is, is that sometimes we mismanage what we had, and then when the time comes and we need it, we look into other folks because we didn't handle what God gave us. So substance sits, increase flows. So it says that I should be able to have, give God a substance offering, reaching over into my savings, and give God an offering from that. Also, when increase first comes in my house, God should get his cut off the top. So it's telling me that there's really, in that one scripture, two different types of offerings. And it says, if I do both, my barns will be filled with plenty and my presses break out with new wine. I'm just saying, I'm just reading what the Bible say. All right? So my second key statement is this. A part of everything you earn is yours to keep. Man, I thought people would at least give me an amen on that one. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> see, see, I want you to understand that it is godly for you to accumulate wealth. Preachers always preaching about the widow, how she gave her last. And I'm not against, if God tells you to do that, then do that. 
but she was in a famine. It had been a famine for three and a half years. It was an agricultural economy. She wasn't there because she couldn't manage her money. It was no money left. That's different. Praise God, we're not in an economy that's been in a three and a half year famine with no rain in an agricultural economy. Now, if we get down to that, then you can give the church your last. But until then, hold your horses and just manage what you got. Give God his tithe. Give him a little cut from your substance that you've been saving and accumulating. That assumes you are accumulating and saving. And then trust him to take from that and cause what you still have left to prosper and advance. Wow. Man, my pastor, yeah, I want you to tell people. Your pastor just in it for the money. Child, please, you better tell him, like, listen, not my pastor. Now, I don't know who you dealing with, but you need to come to my church because my pastor telling me how I can make money in my house, too. So, I want you to have a doctrine, an orderly, beautiful teaching, because that's what doctrine is, about savings. So, here's the statement I want to make to you. Savings is manifested provision for a future need. That's some good preaching right there. Where did you get that from? There were five wise virgins and five foolish. And the five foolish virgins, Jesus told us this story, spent all of their oil. The five wise virgins saved some. And then they said, the bridegroom coming. And the five foolish told the five wise, give me some of yours. They're like, listen, listen. You could have been wise just like I did. You could have saved some. But, you, you know, you stuck like Chuck. You got to go out and get you some more. Stuck like Chuck. It didn't say it exactly that way, but I think you understand. So they had a future need, and they had some manifested provisions set aside. My financial counselors tell me I need to be able to at least live six months without getting a check. Man, it got quiet like I done cussed y'all out. Stuff happens. Right? Pastor, I'm not here today. That's why I'm preaching it. Because I want you to believe it and faith comes by hearing. I know you're not necessarily, I'm not saying you're not, I'm not putting curse like you, you are. Some of y'all got six years, praise God, in Jesus' name. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. All right? But I got to preach it because if you didn't hear your pastor preach it, the devil will tell you it can't be for you. I'm telling you that God is giving you some ability to save so that you can have something for a lean time. And that's not a bad thing. Now, when he tells you, okay, I'm on my six-month program, and I'm like one month away, and he tells you to give a month of that to the church, don't be mad. I'm not telling you. I told you. I told you he tells you that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm, I, I want you to be a person who can hear God with your money. And, not, and I'm telling you, 
God's not going to tell you to just give it all to the church. You want to do that, you need to have a meeting with me first. And I need to know, I need to know why. Now, that's different. I ain't heard it. I mean, a pastor. Now, a pastor talked to you about if you're not giving. No, no, if you, I think you're giving too much. I'm going to ask some questions because you might be trying to treat this offering like it's a lottery. And I want to make sure, listen, you got to know that you got, like, 2 Corinthians 9 talks about God giving seed to sower, giving bread for food, which means he gives you enough between seed time and harvest to eat on until your harvest grows up. If, if you eat your seed, you cannot harvest. If you plant your bread, watch this, if you plant your bread, then you're going to be hungry before harvest come. And then you're going to be mad at God and mad at me. I'm going to tell you what my fault. I told you. Until you go back and watch the Facebook Live video. I said the words. It's right there on tape. It's recorded. Does that make sense? Okay. So next key point is God desires in this that you save and pull out of your regular budget, budgeted saving, a substance offering. You should have a capability to do that. Now, if you don't have a lot of substance right now, then your substance offering might be a little small. That's okay. If you gave from what you have, you are the giver, and God's happy, and your pastor is too. And you're there, and you're confident, and you're in faith, and you're giving, and you're thankful, and you're trusting God. Because if you give from the substance you have, you won't be at that substance level next time it's time to give. Because, see, we're going to win. We're going to demonstrate to people in our city that we can prosper right where we are. My expectation is, is that all of us going to come in here rolling. All of us going to come in here living like we want to live, riding like we want to ride, doing business like we want to do business, our children having what they need, everybody rolling in. Now, where did I get that from? Because they came to David in the Bible, and they were in distress, in debt, and discontented. And at the end, they were David's mighty men, and David said, let's all give an offering. And everybody started rolling out big checks. Wasn't just pastor that had the money. Everybody was rolling. And that's what I'm believing for. All right. So every proverb has comes with an empowering promise. Every seed has a picture of the fruit that is to be harvested, right? An apple tree, an apple seed has the picture on the inside of it. So what's the picture inside of our harvest? So first of all, we have substance, that you have substance. That's part of your seed, how you steward and how you give, how you are able to shepherd your resources, how you're able to discipline yourself to live on a, I didn't cuss you out, he, he spoke the B word. The B word is budget. Pastor David called me the B word. Yeah, he told you the budget. That's the B word we have in here. That's how you steward. Now, some of us, 
we get so frustrated and agitated, we snap on our spouse because we look at our numbers and then we get angry because we don't know how the ends going to meet. So then we get mad at everybody. And it's almost better that we don't even look at our money because it just makes us so mad that we are angry all around the house. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I know I'm preaching good. People, money will make you, ma- money will make you mad. Bills talk to you. Don't tell me they don't talk to you. They'll wake you up in the middle of the night. You should be sleeping, trusting God, and Bill is telling you to get up. I need to talk to you. Bill, talk to you. Yeah, he will. And so we get so angry at Bill that we are angry at everybody else in the house. Bill, sit at the table with you. Bill, get in the bed with you. Yeah, it's only supposed to be two, but y'all having threesomes with Bill in the bed. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Oh, I'm talking to I'm talking to you, Bill. I talk to you. You, you he won't shut up. No, you're right. You're right, brother Ramon. He won't he won't shut up. Husbands and wives should be loving each other. They sleeping on different side of the bed. Bill, right there in the middle of them. Oh, man, I done, been, I done been to this movie. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Bill make you mad at each other. Y'all look at, see, I tell people, one of the reasons why you want to get your, get your money right is because it's easier to make love when you got money. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm just saying, you read Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon has some money, honey, and it was easier for him to be loving when, when the money's working right. Don't be mad at me when I'm preaching. Your pastor tell you the real stuff. You want somebody to play, you need to go to another church. You come in here, you, I, you, you, are, you are signing up for me to tell you how it really works. You need some money. You need some money to go on vacation. Now, Bro man don't care. Man, he'll make love to you anywhere, anytime. The room could be all dirty and nasty. He don't care. He ain't looking at the room. He's trying to get his knees met. But, but, but sister girl, she, in, environment matters. You need to show her something. You need to take her someplace. Don't be mad. That's how God made her. You need some money. Tired of people not telling folk the truth. Tired of it. Your pastor, I ain't mad at nobody, but I got to tell you how, I got to tell you the truth. I don't know what else to do. Got to tell you the truth. Got to get you to believe God for stuff. So substance is how you steward or take care of what has God given you and then how you give from that stewardship. Increase is giving from your gain. That's tithing, giving God his tenth off the top. Barnes Field is the ability and opportunity to save. God giving you the capability and the opportunity to save. God giving you the ability to say, I should, I could pay $100 for this, but God's showing me how to, how to only pay 70 and save the 30. Don't spend the 30. Save it. God 
God giving me ability and opportunity to save? Vast overflow, ideas and investments that produce, not stuff that you put your money in and lose it. Some men, their wives don't trust them because they got, a, they got a track record of bad investments. He told me he was, I'm just giving one. I'm not looking at nobody. He told me he was going to be a trucker, and then he invested in a truck, and the truck lost money. Then he said he was going to go into real estate, and then he had four properties that he couldn't keep up with, and then we lost them. And then the next time he comes up with an idea, she's like, mm, I don't trust you. Your track record is bad, dude. And then he angry because you my wife. You should be with me. But the last couple times you told me you was going to do something, it didn't work. Yeah, you'll see your pastor tell the truth. I'm just saying. And then he, see, mad. He mad. He all frustrated. Oh, man, I'm the man of this house. I'm the head of my home, and she won't go with me. Man, she won't even... And she looking at the last four times that she done lost money following his pipe dreams. One of the reasons why we give the way we give is because we are trusting God that he'll give us the ability to make sound investment decisions. There are three things that are of, of increasing, increasingly more difficulty. It's first difficult to earn money. It's more difficult than earning to save money from what you earned. And it's even more difficult than saving money to make sound investments from what you saved. So you need God to not only help you to earn, to, you also need him to help you to save. And you need him even more to help you invest. People earn money from doing things they understand and invested in things that they don't understand. And then they trust some advisor who could care less about you making your money because he made his when you gave him, he got his up front. So they trust an investment advisor that he got your best interest at heart. That's just like, us having a governor that calls himself one tough nerd, but who won't do his homework when it comes to water. And even though he got millions of dollars, we, the taxpayer, are paying his attorney fees. I'm just saying, okay, all right, that's, I'm just, all right, don't, don't, don't shoot me down. I'm just telling you the truth. So, tithing and first fruit offering is a transactional system established by God whereby the grace of a ministry or church and the minister is taken to the marketplace by the kingdom contributor. It is one of the methods by which kingdom projects are supplied with increase for advancement. So God causes that the grace that's on this church to come on your house. That's why I wanted you to see me do projects to increase the church. I wanted you to see the struggle that we went through to increase this house. 
I wanted you to understand. I didn't want to just do it and y'all just think it just magically popped in. I wanted you to understand that we had, with our first go-round, a $30,000 overrun. Why? Because at your house, you're going you're gonna to set out to do something, and it's not going to all go right the first time, neither. And I want you to see your pastor have confidence that God going to work it out so that you can have confidence in your house that it'll work out, too. I want you to see us systematically improve what we have. Because I don't want no house of Destiny Generation Church being a shotgun shack in your community. The worst, the worst looking thing on the block, child, please. Now, I'm not saying wherever you start from is okay. I'm just telling you that the blessing of God that's on your life is supposed to take whatever you got and turn it into the Garden of Eden. Because the same blessing that was on Adam is on you. Because the last Adam, who was Jesus Christ, gave it to you. So, wherever we are, we're supposed to have the capability to take the ability of God that's on us and turn whatever we have around. Now, it may take one project at a time. It may be a little bit at a time. But we're not trying to go from zero to zillions overnight anyway. We're going to increase. We're following the law of process, aren't we? So we're going to do this, right? Because people are banking on the fact that you're going to let your property go down, let its value go down. The water, price, the water crisis is already taking the value of your property lower. They're expecting that you're going to let it go lower, and then they're going to buy your house for pennies on a dollar. They're going to, when the water crisis get resolved, get all the upside of the investment. They're going to buy low and sell back to you high. And I'm telling you that they don't have to get that upside. You get the upside. You make the investments in your property. You are the person who has the wisdom. Your vats are filled with new wine. You're the person who can buy low and sell high, baby. You got it. It's in you. It's on you. That's why we give the way we give. I'm out of time. That's enough for today. Did you get something out of this?